Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And we're, I guess, live now. <laughs> Welcome to episode 70 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. This might be a little bit out of order. We recorded another episode yesterday night, but that was about the draft. We had Rachel Dory on again, friend of the show, um, talk about some prospects, but we might release that the following week just because the draft is next week and maybe that's better, but 69, 70, whatever. Um, and today we're just we have some news to talk about. Lots of things have happened over the past week. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for ending Montreal's magical cup run. Back to back Stanley Cup champs, and now the offseason begins. Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite producer, Luke, here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use. Leave a review on Apple, visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingHockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. And now it looks like they're going to try to work their way towards another Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's going to three-peat, I think that like they've have the best shot of and you can consider them a dynasty finally yeah yeah i think if anyone i think like even pittsburgh in their second cup run they didn't look as dominant as uh tampa do like their second cup run you could consider them a little lucky for having won that cup whereas tampa bay they're still gonna be like the guys that they have coming back next year easy another cup run right they're they're gonna have to have like two guys sit out to pull another Kucherov, I guess, if they want to keep the team together. But like Hedman and I mean, Stamco they're, sitting they're out. They're losing guys, but at the same time, they're not losing. Like They're not many. losing any of the and, big guys. And the they're key, losing the key guys. Yeah. yeah. They're going to yeah, lose losing like a Kalorn. Goudreau, Coleman, maybe like Kalorn. They're going to lose some. They're definitely lo- maybe Tyler Johnson. We'll see what happens they can with Seattle. They dump him. Yeah. yeah, what happens at Seattle. I think there will be some need for him after two cup wins in a row. I feel like there's going to be some GMs that value yeah. him a little bit higher after that, despite his size. Um, but, you know, they have their defense locked in for next season. Vihedman, McDonough, Sergeyev, Shanak, Yan, Ruda, Ruda. Ruda, Ruda, however you yeah. say his name. And then can probably just bring in like Hal Foot or anyone on a league min contract to fill out the last spot there. So they have a couple forwards to replace, but they have a bunch of guys like Colt, Ross Coltland who are probably going to get league min deals knowing Tampa. Uh, oh, Matthew Joseph, what's up with him? 
Matthew Joseph, he's already locked in for next year, minimum league min contract. So there you go. They're they're pretty good. They have three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven forwards already locked in. They'll probably Coleman's have to lose one or Stay. Coleman's a free Coleman's agent. Done. Yeah, Coleman so he's I think gone. is going he's home. Gone. Coleman, Coleman's There's no gone. way. There's he's no way because they'd Texas. have to sign for men. Yeah. Or is he going? Is that is I that heard, what the rumors? I've heard the rumors are saying if I were a betting man, I'd say Blake Coleman's going to the Dallas Stars, but That'd That's be interesting. Me. Anyway, um, congratulations to Tampa. Um, they had a pretty dominant cup run. I mean, against the Islanders was probably their biggest challenge. Went to game seven, but throughout the rest of it, they were kind of, mm-hmm. I think they were the best team in the playoffs. They were by far. Oh, by the way, so just for their numbers, right now, before even signing anyone else for next season, they're already at $85 million. Yeah, so so, oh, they so they're dump. four million over the cap. Yeah. So they're gonna have to dump Johnson. two contracts. Yeah. They're gonna have to dump Johnson. They're gonna have to dump probably Killorn or maybe Yanni um, Gord, even if they can maybe, get him to wave. Which yeah, would be or huge... maybe even which would be interesting a defenseman. Oh, I think they. You know what? I think that if they were going to move a defenseman, maybe Sergachev is the most. I mean, I was gonna say McDonough. I would might say McDonough, be... man. Like you know, there's gonna be there. especially if Keith went for assets. McDonald's better than Keith right now. McDonald's <laughs> way better than Keith. And, and McDonald's has two cups, cups now, and they're recent cups, back to back cups. And was so, captain of New York. Captain of New York, assistant captain in Tampa, mm-hmm. and alternate played captain. Big minutes. He's a commodity, yeah, yeah, man. Sorry. They love like the hockey world loves McDonald too. Well, I mean, like, he's. I think that he's like a defenseman who Tampa like actually like who's who's more defensive minded but is actually good at defense and can still contribute yeah, positively. I think, you know I think I mean? he has value in the league still if Keith has value. So he might be it might be interesting if they try to you know, they believe in Sergachev. Victor Hedman runs his own pair, Sergachev runs his own pair, and then you get two guys Sergeyev's to man that bottom pair. Like Sergachev's yeah, so. so good and he's so much younger obviously than McDonough. And McDonough and one of like Johnson, Killorn gone, that solves their cap problem right there. But it also screws your team. Those are huge parts of of your team. I mean, they're all, and then you also got to consider that if they're losing Goudreau and, um, and Coleman anyway, that that line well, they're was losing was a lot their, of defensive ability. 100%. And that line was yeah. like their second most used. I mean, Stamkos at this point is not the player he was before. Basically, a power play specialist. If you look at his ice time among the forwards, he was like eighth, I think. Yeah, well, if you want to talk about a Stamkos trade, there's been a lot of rumors about that. I they might ask for, him to waive his, his the, no move. Yeah, just just. By the by, I think this would be the optimal time to get rid of McDonough too, because he still has four years left. Five. Six point seven. Five years left. Five years left. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. So like, this is the time to get rid of him. He's thirty. He's still. He's still only thirty-two. I bet he turns thirty-three this year. Um. So yeah, that's a. It'd be optimal time to trade him. And yeah. I think that's and, what Tampa's good at. I mean, they, they they know their team, they know their players, and the thing is, like it, it might just be a situation where if you've won two cups now, every GM's gonna want a guy on your team, right? Like from that team, because leadership and cup winning experience and all this stuff that we're always just like, oh God, what the fuck are you doing? This is gonna be a really like, what the fuck are you doing to some GM right now that's looking to put his team over the top? So even Stamkos, man, like. 
it, it might be very difficult. I think it would be really difficult to get Stamkos to move his no move because but, he yeah. clearly loves Tampa. He's living it up. He's got $8.5 million dollar in salary. He's the captain. That would be a hard move. But realistically, if Tampa's like moving Stamkos solves their cap problem fully, yeah. I think, based off of what I'm seeing here. like They move Stamkos. They can bring in another defenseman. They don't have to move anyone else out. They can sign. They might even be able to bring like Goudreau back potentially on a on a cheaper deal. Like they they can make it work. So I think Stamkos. The best move they can make is moving Stamkos, but it's also the most no. difficult way to move him. But the thing is, like every there, there's no easy answers because every single player with a big contract has a no move clause or a modified no trade clause. That's what Tampa does. That's and like yeah. they and lock that's how them they, in. Yeah. Yeah, that's how they get them for cheaper too, right? Like exactly. you can't ignore that aspect of it. Like Stamkos has no move, Kucherov has no move. You're not trading Kucherov. Uh Palat has a modified no trade. Yanni Gord has a no trade. Um Tyler Johnson has a modified no trade, but I think he can has he has 10 teams or 15 teams. He can get to so that that opens up a good amount of uh, opportunities. Alex Killorn modified no trade. Patrick Maroon modified. <laughs> Can't believe they gave that to Patrick Maroon, but I mean that guy <laughs> brings the cup that. wherever he goes these days. Yeah, apparently for I think if he I think he'd be the he's the first one in modern NHL history to win three in a row. I think yeah. right, and then I think he might be the first one in the last like fifty years. Like, I don't think anyone since, like, the Canadians back in, like, the 40s or 30s or something have won, like, four cups in a row. But That's pretty anyways, nuts. Anyways, yeah. Didn't um, Hosa so, come pretty close? I don't know. No, I think Hosa was, the, Hosa was the opposite. He was, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, bunch he of was, finals. Yeah. A bunch he, of finals and no cups. Oh, yeah, he was, like, won, England's he lost and signed one. with Detroit, lost the next year, and then won with Chicago, I think is what he did. Yeah. Oh, and then on defense, Hedman, obviously you're not moving him, but McDonough has a no-trade clause either, so you have to get him to move to rave that anyways. Everyone that they can move who has value and salary, they're trying yep. to dump them. Exactly. They there's them to there's nobody with salary on the team that they can just move without considerations at all. So yeah. so uh, it's going to be... Other than Sergachev and Sorelli, and you're not moving any of those guys because those guys are 23 years old. Locked in yeah. RFAs by the end of their deals. That's like a no go. That's um, why I think McDonald's the like McDonald's the best option. Hundred percent. Well, Stamkos Stamkos is the best option. But Stamkos, but Stamkos is contracts uh, two years. It doesn't matter. Like Stamkos is just Stamkos is a, is not. I think is like I, Stamkos is was irrelevant this year. You know what I mean? Like he was he, literally he was a like, power play guy. He was lit- he was like Tampa wins that cup without him. And even during the season, like he had thirty four points in fifty eight games. That isn't exactly a you know, that's not an eight point five million dollar player necessarily. He, he's not uh, a no, I'll take that back. It is, but like if you take out the power play points, it's yeah, not really him, uh, his five on five play is, is awful. He's a winger at this point. Um and again, yeah. his ice time is like Eighth or ninth most, I think. Like, hundred percent. Yanni Gord's more impactful for that team right now. I don't. I don't think there's like anyone that. I don't think there's many people I should say that are going to argue that. I think so. Um, it it'd be really tough to lose a guy like him, and keep Stamkos, even though he only has three years left, right? So 
That it's not an thing. albatross contract. It takes him until he's yeah. like, what, 34? So that's not yeah. too big of a deal. And but then, it, then it, it does solve, uh, again, you're, you're, you're either, if you can trade just Stamkos. He solves your problem. Or yeah. you trade Gord and then Kalorn and then Johnson. Yes, 100%. Yeah, anyway. it's, yeah. Tough uh, calls Tampa, for Tampa. Tampa. Cuff calls, but they don't really care. They, really, don't they care. have two cups. They won, yeah, yeah. If you're they a can win fan, not another another cup, they'll this, be This fine. doesn't matter. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. they can win not a, they, they could be losers for the next decade. And it won't matter Honestly, because... they could screw up this offseason and still be cup contenders next year. Yeah. Like, yes. there's, they have so many yes. options on, and teams are probably going to try to squeeze them because they're already over the cap. But really, I don't see a way that they can screw up this team to the point where they're not cup contenders next season. They're going to be probably the best team in the Atlantic. If they have the Atlantic, I don't see any problems. So, anyway, okay, moving on. On to the next teams in the offseason. I think uh, the, the next. Maybe I feel like we're going to talk Minnesota. Uh, okay, Minnesota. Okay, wait, wait. Who, well, let's what, just do you get want to talk about Keith last out week? of the way because because we talked okay, about yeah. it last week. So, I mean, the trade happened, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was who people like. People thought that it would be Caleb Jones moving the other way. Yeah. Um, partly because maybe Chicago wanted to try to get Seth Jones and trade for him and get him or get him to sign there next year. Um, but it's just crazy that. They didn't retain any salary on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm rattled about that. It's like, it's if bizarre. If you're a they have, fan, you should be rattled. They like, now have rattled. on their roster five, nine million. Oh wait, no, sorry, fourteen million dollars, almost fifteen million dollars, tied up in James Neal, Zach Cassian, and Duncan Keith. It's not fair. To, <laughs> like this is probably the worst move. Like. Uh, everyone was saying, I, I mean, on Twitter at least, everyone's been saying for the past, like, when did Kent Holling get hired? Two years ago, I think. Yep. They're like, it's not fair to criticize him for not bringing in players because he doesn't have cap space because Shirelli screwed them. <laughs> and, and this, this is year what he, he gets cap space. Yep. He signs or he trades for Duncan Keith. Yep. And it, it, man, the Edmonton media, I just want to make a quick comment. The Edmonton media is like crazy. Because yeah. last week, like, it's the worst. Edmonton media, like, the old boys media who write about them, like Staples, Awful. Gregor, um, who's the other guy, Spectre, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they're all... Uh... They carry the water for this management group, and they love the old yeah. boys. No matter what they man- that management group does, they'll defend it to the end. Because last week, they're like, why would Every they time. trade Caleb Jones for Duncan Keith full retain? That's not a trade that they would make at all, and then they mm-hmm. trade for Duncan Keith. This is the best thing that Edmonton's ever done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, it's Hilarious. a complete 360. Yeah. But, okay. So, so fun fact: nineteen uh, percent of Edmonton's cap goes to Chris Russell, Duncan Keith, James Neal, and Zach Cassian. That's horrendous. And then you want to add, you want to go up to twenty-two percent. Add in Kyle Turris to that mix. <laughs> Kyle Turris. So, so, like so, so a quarter players, of their yeah. cap goes towards players that. And aren't those like, all Holland moves? Almost um, all. James. Uh, I mean, James Neal was kind James of Neal, just to get Lucic off yeah. the books. But to be honest, but, Lucic has been better than James Neal. Yeah, he's been better that. than yeah. Neal. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And um, I think, and then, and then. Uh, Russell, I, I don't know, might have been that Shirelli brought him in initially. Shirelli, uh, yeah, and he gave but, him the contract extension too. Yeah, he did. He did give him it. Okay. Oh wait, no, he gave him the old contract. I Which think Holland like resigned him. Yeah, Holland resigned him. 
Yeah. yeah. Holland, the, so, the big he, one that Holland did was Cassian and now Keith. And mm-hmm. Keith. Yeah. To be fair to him, he only signed him for $1.25 million now, not the $4 million that Shirelli signed him for. So And yeah. and uh, Holland did Turris. Yep, and Holland did Turris, and we all knew that was bad immediately. That when was it happened. bad immediately. Like, that was yeah. not good. This is what yeah. they were doing. But uh, you know that McDavid is thrilled that Duncan Keith and, and Dreisaitl were thrilled that Duncan Keith... Yeah. Three-time yeah. Stanley Cup champers is joining their team, and they should be glad if it was at a million dollars. Retention, there was retention. Maybe man. even two million dollars. Yeah, uh, five point five million dollars for two more years. Jesus Christ! It, yeah, brutal. Like, and they have they're now at for so then I'll have sixty-nine million dollars. So they still have eleven million dollars left. To but be they fair, need a goalie, I think. And, and my um, favorite part. They don't because they have Koskinen signed well, for 4.5 no, 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 no. still. They need a goalie. And they have to they re-sign Mike Smith, technically. They need a goalie. Uh, I don't know if they're going to re-sign Mike Smith or get I someone think they else. Are. I think they're uh, signing Clef Mike Bomb, Smith. if he comes back off uh, I think injured reserve, is... I think he adds up. I think that adds $4 million to their cap. So um, they have like maybe $6 million to play with if you include him. So... You know, they have some cap space left, but I don't know what the move is that they can make that turns this team into a contender. Having said that, I think we also have to consider the fact that the Pacific next year is going to be ridiculously bad. It's going to be a very weak division. Calgary, Edmonton, LA, San Jose, Canucks, Knights. Knights are going to dominate that division, obviously. And then a lot of bad and really bad teams. And then so, what with Seattle's there too, and who knows? Yeah, about and them. we'll see what we'll see what happens at Seattle. Maybe they capture the Vegas Magic. Maybe they don't. Skeptical on them doing it, but I think um, GMs are smart. I think they, they can be. I think uh, <laughs> you you think that, and then you see stuff like what we're going to talk about next, like the Suter and Parise buyout. Yeah. You go, okay. My, one that. of the things I'm most rattled about is how he couldn't even convince them to take. Koskinen and buy Koskinen out or like something. Do yeah. something to just get, get salary off. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Or it's just not give man. up assets in the first place. Not that, you know, again, it's third round pick and Caleb Jones. It's no, not like no, a massive no, no, loss, but it's no. it's a it's not one thing. That's the thing. It's never one thing that is the issue. It's like one thing, then another thing, then another thing, then the Kyle Turris contract, then trading Lucic who's better than James Neal, and then it's trading, you know, then it might be losing Yamamoto in the expansion draft because they need to protect Adam Larson if they go that route. That'd be horrendous. That would be awful. Or it's, you know, playing Duncan Keith 20 minutes a night on Edmonton that a team that can't really defend well, adding one of the worst defensive players in the NHL right now because he can't really skate backwards or defend the rush at all. Um, so it's just like, you know, thing after thing after thing. It's not like one move where we're like, okay, this is awful. It's 22% of their caps dedicated to all those different guys and make, you know, McDavid on McDavid and dry settle together to make $20 million <laughs> to our $21 million. Okay. Yeah. So the same, I would take Connor McDavid and dry side over, you know, the let's look at Matthews and Marner or look at, you know, even Chicago, Taves and Kane, or look at freaking, I don't know, right? Like, they have them on, Dreisaitl at 8.5 is a steal, a gigantic, massive steal, like $5 million, like $4 million steal, and McDavid at 12.5 is honestly still a steal. 
right? He could be making max, whatever the max contract is, like four, $15 million. He probably deserves $15 million for being 100% honest. So I don't know what they're going to do. They're not going to be competitive for the next two years when I'm looking at their roster unless they take a massive advantage of the fact that they are in a weak division. So, you know, if they're relying on that, but they have to do more. They have to do a lot more with like no money. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the issue. But you, we also they did come second in the Canadian division, and I think the Canadian division is probably a bit better, or is definitely better than the Pacific division next season. Yeah. So they, you know, I I don't think they have, you know, Drysaddle and McDavid are going to take you a far away. But does Mike Smith does do the same it. thing next year? Probably. Or I mean, you can't bet no. on a forty-year-old yeah. no. Mike Smith doing that. No, you exactly. can't. And, and that's, they have that's no a very one. good point. That's an excellent. They have no point. one there coming in. Yeah. Uh. No, that's a really great point. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. You're right. The, the, the reason why they, they were they'd so have good to get elite goaltending yeah. again. Mike Smith was yeah. playing like a twenty-five-year-old rather than a thirty-nine-year-old. Yeah, he was literally playing to a almost Vesna standard, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I I I'll say that like the team isn't in a desperate state, but they they it's there's so much more potential there that they could have because they're like they're they have the easiest job left, right? The they're easiest making, like, job vertical is vertical moves instead of big yeah, exactly. horizontal leaps. Exactly. Exactly. Like they have. Dreisaitl, they have McDavid. They have some actually really good, solid young players. Pujarvi, Yamamoto on cheaper deals. Oh, they're going to have to give Yamamoto a raise after this. Not a big raise. They have one more year of Darnell Nurse, which is interesting, and that's going to screw up their cap situation. Um, but yeah, like, the, anyways, we can move on from Edmonton, yeah. but that's... Uh, on that's Minnesota? And now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. And now we'll get back into the show. On the Minnesota, they bought out. The big news was they bought out their um, two almost franchise players. Cornerstone I guess. franchise yeah, players. Who they brought in Not on, that they are 13 year deals yeah. back in 2000 ish. I don't remember what it was, the exact years, but they, they signed the huge contracts and they were the biggest free agents and they just bought them out. It's super which, weird. It's it super is odd. so bizarre because if you look at the so this is the dead cap space they have on the books for the next four years. So next season it's only two point three million. Oh, I know. Sorry, it's only four point seven million. Great, right? It jumps up to twelve point seven million the next season, fourteen point seven million the season after that. Of and just cap again, space they can't use? They have cap space they can't use. And then the <laughs> next year after that, it's another 14.7 million. And then it finally drops back down to 1.6 and 1.6. So they're only saving cap space next season, essentially. It's like a win now move, basically. It's I don't is it even a win now move? Because they just lost a top four defenseman. And, uh, you know, maybe a top nine forward, maybe top six forward, depending on how you feel Preza is going to perform it, next it, year. Apparently it is it doesn't very seem like, much so protection reasoning. It is because they want to keep Dumba, I think, and, and Suter wouldn't raise his, move his, uh, no move. Uh, his no, no move, move clause. Apparently so, it, it was a pretty, like, they're not 
impressed. They're not happy. Yeah. yeah the reporting seemed... out of Minnesota was like the GM tried calling like Parise and then he didn't get the call and then Suter answered it. And he, the GM like told, I think, uh, what's his name? Garen? Yeah, yeah Garen told him, um, like, hey, we're buying you guys both out. And he just hung up on him. Like, yeah. he just straight no, up I, just hung I, up so on I, him. So I heard it was uh, Prize got called first and was, like, talking to Suter about it. Mm-hmm. And while he was talking to Suter. And while he was talking to Suter, Suter got his call. And uh, I see. Suter okay, was okay. like. I got that wrong. And they bought it. And Garen told him. And it was, like, apparently, like, a two-minute conversation. And Suter hung up on him. <laughs> well, that's yeah. crazy, man. You think that like they came, they both were t- together. This is the this is the craziest buyout we've probably well maybe seen I think since, Rick Di Pietro like, is the biggest one. Yeah, so I was gonna say since Di Pietro, <laughs> this is this that, is the craziest buyout. Because of injury, not even like that was yeah. This like, wasn't this exactly, this which is is, which makes it this they don't more want bizarre. Them on the team, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not even and it's not even just that they don't want him on the team. They're like, we'll take fourteen million dollars in dead cap space, basically, for three years in a row to not have you on this team. That's wild. <laughs> this is so crazy. <laughs> what are that they gonna do? Insane. Like Yeah, that's... like how do you operate your franchise with fourteen million in dead cap space and a flat cap world for the next three years? Right, because like the 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 guys too, like Kaprizov, is rumored to want like ten million dollars, right? Yeah, I think he wants either a three year deal at like something like seven or eight million dollars, so that he gets out of it at twenty six, twenty seven years old, and then makes ten million plus for the next eight years after that, or whatever that contract's going to be. I think that's what he wants to do. So if he, even if he makes eight million dollars right now. Right, eight million dollars. That takes up a good amount. They're going to be fine for next season. The question is, what the hell happens after next season when the cap hit, the dead cap hit, goes from four point seven to twelve point seven? Twelve point seven. That's literally a Connor McDavid. <laughs> That's Connor McDavid, or like, like an <laughs> entire like you know third line or second line. That's an right? entire second line, probably for most teams in the NHL. Yeah, or like a good amount of teams in the NHL. They're so fucked. it's so they're crazy be playing some money puck, but they're, they're not and do and well. they have to pay Kaprizov <laughs> and Fiala, and Fiala is probably going to make some good money too, like probably six million plus. I guess yeah. that's the kind of the contract that he's going to want. And it, it they lost the top four defensemen. They lost Prize, and you know Prize isn't exactly a major loss, but. The forward group isn't exactly elite. So it's almost... Why did they have to buy out both of them? And the thing is, so after next season, the only forwards they're going to have under contract are Zuccarello, Erickson Eck, great contract, 5.2 million. Marcus Feligno at 3 million. Ryan Hartman at 1.7. And then probably Fiala and Kaprizov. So they're going to have a lot of guys they're going to need to replace. (sighs) Oof, man. Like, I don't know what that franchise is going to do. That's not a win now move. The win now move would have yeah. been trying to like keep those not guys a win now or move at all. Yeah, like and Kaprizov's like in his time prime, yeah. After he's 27, he you don't even want or 28 years old, whenever 27 years old, you almost don't want to sign him to that 8-year deal at 10 million bucks. Like you do, you do, you're going to. But 
And he's probably going to leave, realistically, I'd bet. I don't Spurgeon's think Ty's going to be able to join Unless, like, people really didn't like them or something. Um, Basically, Minnesota's kind of screwed. There were some Minnesota fans kind of defending it as, like, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to... I, I don't know whether it's a win. I'm very confused. So this is one of the rare times where I don't know if this is a win-now move or a rebuild move. It, okay. it, it wouldn't be a rebuild like, move. And I think there's people arguing for both. People are saying it's a win-now move because they're getting rid of that cap. You sign Kaprizov and Fiala, and then you save money next year, and you go make some moves, and then you're kind of screwed after that. But there's also people saying it's a rebuild move. You get rid of the old guys. You lose $14 million in cap for the three years after next season, and you rebuild. You get you So you, you have know, to you get finish rid of with Kaprizov. The that's the thing, though, right? Like, you're losing Caprizov's prime, Fiala's prime. You're losing Fried- Erickson X prime because he's 24. Mm-hmm. Like, all these guys are in their prime right now. Marcus Valigno, he's 29, so he's about to exit his prime. Right? Like, all these guys. So, th- this must be. I think it is just like a full on rebuild, and they're just saying, screw it. Caprizov isn't enough for us to compete. Almost. But, but it's not so even dumb. like. I th- <laughs> Go ahead, what I kind of think happened. Because Parise had a no move too, right? Yeah, yeah, they both had the same. Because they could have easily done four and four, and protect it. Because they have to protect Zuccarello, protect Ericsson Eck, uh protect Greenway, and no, because uh, Fiala and Kaprizov are RFA's, so they can be claimed. Oh fuck! Right. Yeah. Too many. So, yeah. So they. So have leave. To... Okay. Okay. Ericsson Eck. Greenway, Fiala, Kaprizov. And then Spurgeon, Brodine, Dumba. Uh, you forgot Suter. Parise. Suter, but you buy out Suter. Uh, you buy out Parise. And I think probably I what happened was Suter would be too pissed. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. That's actually a good point. Like, why not just buy out Parise? Yeah. At that point, go four and four. And yeah. you can loot, you can lose. You leave a lot Nick of Bajugstad options. Nick or Jordan Greenway, Victor Rask. Like, you can lose any of those guys, and it's not a major issue. You're mm-hmm. right. 100% you're right. Um, and I, I think I think fucking Suter would, would be But if he, even if he's pissed, at least keep him like, for another cares? year yeah. or something. and then Maybe he waves like, his get no over move, it. and you can expose him at that point. Yeah, and get, he'll Don't get over it. Don't fucking buy him out, you dumb fox. Or even <laughs> like, if they waited another year... <laughs> The buyout would have been less too if they waited another <laughs> season. You just you prolong you reduce the buyout window too, and the amount it's gonna take up on your cap. So eh, I don't know, man. Like I don't know what the rationale is, but the GM after Garen is gonna fucking hate him. Yes. <laughs> Imagine like, a new GM comes thing. in yeah, in yeah, like yeah. a year and he's like, "Oh, great! I came into Minnesota. I have fourteen million dollars in dead cap space. I can't use for three seasons." <laughs> so the other fucked up thing was. Friedman on his podcast was talking that Minnesota has been rumored to be one of the teams that has kicked tires on, on Eichel. Eichel, right? Yeah. So not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not happening. No, Friedman also, said that that's, that's still happening. Like but that, no, it's not happening. Yeah, there's, I, there's not I happening. <laughs> Looking at this cap situation, it's not I happening. Know. <laughs> but it, if what, they managed to fit, someone Eichel, still talking about that though. Like that must be think someone in the organization. There, that have to be more moves. 
I think there'd yeah. have to be another move to like, you know, like screw it, no more Fiala. We have twelve million dead. You can't win a cup with twelve million dead. And the I'm thing sorry. is, it's not even this year or next season that's the issue. It's Eichel has five more years on his deal. <laughs> like you're gonna have three years of with fourteen million dollars with no cap space, and you're gonna try to fit in another a ten million dollar player on top of yeah our cap resolve that's an eight million dollar player. Like unless you, you go not all in for space. these two years, like you just say Eichel get here, get another person, and then but they but they then they have the to wall, give up. They have to sick. lose Marco Rossi. So their rebuild's fucked. That means they're just prolonging their no, rebuild. No, no, no. They're, they're just going for a cup <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Their about, rebuild after that is screwed. <laughs> think about Minnesota. Dude. Like, they're one of the more recent teams. Mm-hmm. And they're watching Vegas. And they're, their fans are probably like, well, fuck, man. Like, you've been trashed yeah. this entire time. And Vegas came in. Not even trashed. Just average, which is almost worse. <laughs> <laughs> just mediocre. Just mediocre. Mediocre. <laughs> you make the playoffs or you just miss. You're not getting first but, overall. Dude, Minnesota has prospects. So, like, if they wanted to go Eichel, you throw in Marco Rossi and, like, Kalen Addison or Marco mm-hmm. Rossi and Matthew Boldy, like – you go Eichel can make that and Reinhardt. Run. You bring both in. <laughs> okay, you go now full you're just, fuck it. You're mode. just like fuck it, sixteen million dollars. That's what the maybe that's what their plan is. Like this two years because they have like what, what twenty million in cap space right now. Yeah, they 26. have a shit ton of cap space for next season, but eight million of that cap resolve, six million of that Fiala, mm-hmm. that that go that cap space goes. But you trade, you trade like Zuccarello. Mm. He has a no move, right? Yeah. It's not that easy to trade contracts. You trade I think, Victor I think, Rask, then. Yeah, Victor, Victor Rask, Rask would have to go. I mean, it's it's definitely... Uh, I'm trying to go to Buffalo right now just to see what the hell is going on there. Because I think Sam Reinhardt's an RFA, right? Yeah, Reinhardt's an RFA. So they, he's And he only has one year of RFA left, I'm pretty sure. So uh, he's going to be expensive. So I don't, I don't, I think he's going to want like six, seven million dollars, maybe even more. On I, a I think they can do deal. this. I think this is their plan because they have a sick defense and their defensive core is like aging. Yeah, their sick defense would have been better with Suter on there. But anyways, yeah, like, it's not, it's not like they were unplayable. I'd understand buying them out if they were like unplayable guys, mm-hmm. just taking up space for your young players coming up. But like Suter, I think is still. He's still top pairing. He was a top pairing defenseman last season, like a legitimate top pairing defenseman. I mean, and I think next season Spurgeon maybe you don't or expect Dumba playing with him, but like, I mean that him and Spurgeon obviously very elite pairing, but like that man, uh, it, I, don't, I, I don't can know. understand Freeze the play, I, especially I, because I, no, but the other thing is that especially because like, um, I don't even remember if you guys remember from the trade deadline, but like. Zach Parise was like on the about to be traded to the Islanders, right? Yeah. Like, so, so this is what's going to be crazy. Islanders pick up Suter and Parise, pay them like one year deals each, give them like a million bucks or something stupid since they're going to be making a shit ton of money from Minnesota, anyways. They don't need it. That's already been the talk. That's already been yeah, like Parise is apparently 100% Islanders. Dude, Islanders Islanders get Parise and Suter on a ridiculously cheap deals. They could be sick. That's a really freaking good team, man. That that defense. There was another part to the buyout 
it saves them. They, they what was their penalty if both those guys retired? Yeah, yeah, that cap recapture penalty if they retired. Yeah, they had a they were huge 40, cap, yeah, they, yeah. cap recapture penalty. Yeah. With so those maybe two that guys. also maybe that was a consideration. He's like that was uh, definitely a consideration. I would bet because mm-hmm. if you so let's say you let's say you do our plan of just buying out Prize and saying fuck you, Suter. What if he's like fuck you, retire? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're not wrong. That's a good just point. Fucks them. Yeah, just like twenty million twenty million dollars gone or some shit. I'm like, pretty sure the cap recapture penalty is stricter than the yeah. And it, would it is be because even it like be Weber penalty. Remember the Weber like Weber got a similar deal to and those. Weber two, retires, right? man. And it's like is twenty fucked. million dollars or thirty million dollars on Nashville's immediate. cap. It's not it's yeah. not prolonged two years from now. Exactly it's right now. Yeah. So if you bought yeah. out Prize and you didn't buy a suitor, he'd be like, eh, I could retire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's, a good, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. But actually, I'm looking at the Islanders cap situation right now, and they don't have a lot of cap space. They have $5 million. Dump, they're going to have to try to dump Nick Letty. Yeah, they're going to have to dump yeah, Nick Letty. They're going to have to, uh, and they have to resign two big contracts, Adam Pellick and uh, Sorokin. Those are I two think big Pellick, deals. I, I've, I've been hearing about Pellick. Again, I know no one will do it, but he's a really good offer sheet candidate. I think so, Because he's not going to... Even if you offer him, like, I don't know, let's say $5 million, he's one of the best, like, actual defensemen in the league. Exactly. Yeah, and defensive defensemen. Defense, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And him and, he, him and Pola, I mean, maybe who knows if who who's the better one, but I mean... I think like if I've I've been seeing some Olympic rosters and people are including Adam Pellick on their Canadian team, yeah. you know. Yeah, they are. So that, that, he, that's I think how that shows. I, I'm skeptical on how he does outside of a trot system. I'm a little bit skeptical, but I'm still I still think he's really good no matter where he goes. The thing is, if he got an, Brandon Car so Brandon Carlo got six years six year deal from Boston. At like four million dollars, four point five million dollars, somewhere in that. I forget. I'll uh, I'll fact check myself while we talk it about was, it. It was between four and five. Yeah, it was uh, looking right here, four point one. Okay, so we got six years at four point one, and that's Brandon Carlo, a guy who's not like Adam Pellet. No offensive talent is just no strictly defense, and he's not even elite defensively. He's yeah. just he's just solid six defensively. foot seven. Yeah, he's just, yeah. Big. He's just gigantic, he's just and he's big. okay defensively. And really needs a partner to kind of carry the load for him on the offensive side, and he got four million dollars, dude. So Pellet, if he's in, he should be a massive offer sheet candidate for like easily five million bucks. And Islanders cannot pay him five million bucks right now, right? Yeah. So I I, I agree. Will with anyone you. do really it? Nobody will do it. No, I don't. It's actually stupid that we even talk about it anymore because it never happens no matter like, what. I, I know people like to talk about offer sheets for like the really, really high end guys, like um, who I was Aho a couple of years ago and Marner and whatever, 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 Barzell last year offer sheets. But yeah. I think that really, I mean, this is besides the point, but I think like these like middle tier guys. Are the are the ones who you should really be targeting for offer sheets because for sure, if yeah. you offer them more than the teams are kind of value them, they're not the top players. They're like you know they're top four defensemen or the, you know middle six mm-hmm. forward, but they're still really really effective players. And if you pay them more than what their team is going to offer, it's not going to cost you a lot. If it costs you a second round pick to get Adam Pellick, you do that every yeah. day of the week. Right? Even a first round pick, right? Like that's yeah. 
you don't get uh, yeah. you don't get a top pairing defenseman for first round pick very often. So uh, yeah, you're you're definitely right. It's squeezing the middle guys. Like you even said it like like Sorelli. Time, yeah. Sorelli when he Sorelli would have been an amazing offer sheet one man because Tampa got could not pay him. Bucks. Yep, and he they only he only ended up getting four or something. Not well, that. the other he's thing is okay that with it now because half of it, cup. half of it is that the, the player still has to accept that offer, and maybe they don't want to yes. screw the team over because they're you know a twenty-two year old doesn't want to put them in a bad you know bad position in the league for their next contract. But you gotta chase the money, man. Well, who knows? Maybe these old you know, hockey is an old boys club, right? We we make the comment all the time. No, but it's they true. definitely respect chasing someone, the money. So if they Adam Pellick respect the money, they if Adam Pellick screws over Lou. Right, yeah. see, lose then, the one guy that that's why uh, that's why Pellick probably won't get an offer sheet either because all the GMs would be terrified to offer sheet. But also, like guys, when, <laughs> when Pellick is at a UFA, yeah, Pellick's a UFA in man. three years or whatever, like hypothetically, right? Yeah, and he's trying to sign with whoever. Maybe they're going to be like, you screwed over your team before. I don't know. Yeah. Hypothetically speaking, but no, there is I always that. It was the same thing with like Ryan move. O'Reilly forever ago, right? Yeah. Like, you're a ball, scummy guy for doing ball, that. Balls to the walls move would be uh, like a young GM, like first move in the NHL, just offer <laughs> sheets. One of Lou's Man, guys. Imagine. <laughs> I would dude, love he, that. Coffee is coming to your house. Just freaking, <laughs> dude, just freaking like savage mode, man. Like I would, man, like it's so disappointing that we don't that. have that in the NHL. Like yeah, this absolute savage GM just shows up and just starts They say it's all about shit respect up. and shit, man. That's just being a bitch and not I, knowing I, business very yeah, really well. I really want like a GM to come into the NHL and really just like, fuck shit up like like you said like we need because you know everyone's like oh kyle dubis like you know analytics gm he's not like you know he's very and just he's classic not, gm he's not very good simmons like, thornton spaza these, these aren't like fucking no, like revolutionary like you know what i mean like the the honestly the craziest thing that happened gm wise other than like this crazy prise suitor buyout is like Bergevin offer sheeting Aho. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what we got for like revolutionary in the last like three years. Like, we need a guy to come in and just be like, fuck it. Offer sheets all around. You want an offer? You want to sign this guy? Offer sheet. You want to sign this guy? Offer sheet. Fuck all of you. You know, yeah. like, how often do major we have trades go down? Old, old boys club, man. They're all like yeah. trained by the old boys club. Like, yeah. like Dubas was literally trained by Lou and Shanahan, man. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. you can't be more fucking. Still there. Exactly. You can't be more like in the in the club than Lou and Shanahan mm-hmm. and freaking like even Mark Hunter and all those guys. You know what I mean? Like he was surrounded by them. So anyways, we should move on from that. But uh... I think the next thing we want to talk about was a little bit about Montreal. And there's some news coming out this evening about Shea hey, Weber. Hey, buddy. Why is your Shea fucking Weber, camera yeah. moving about? Sorry, I was moving my laptop. It was <laughs> overheating a little bit. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, because it's on, it's like on this uh, mat that I have on the table, so it's just yeah. like you gotta cool it off a little. Anyway, Shea Weber might be exposed. Uh, Renaud uh, Lavoie, one of the French guys, tweeted it today, and Elliot Friedman kind of confirmed it and shared a Sportsnet article on Twitter this evening um, that Weber might Weber's career is in jeopardy. Who knows? Maybe they're just pulling a Kucherov, have him sit out the season come back for the playoffs but yeah but montreal i don't think montreal doesn't year. exactly have a yeah, team exactly <laughs> montreal <laughs> say what you want about shea weber 
but he's still a he's solid still Shea top Weber. four defenseman. Yeah, he's still a solid he, top four. There, okay, man, every time I watch him, though, they, they play him on the power play. I mean, he, he scored, I think, two or three years ago, his first year in Montreal, I think he scored like 20 goals. And like 15 of yeah. them were on the power play. Their power play still runs through the point shots, and their entire offensive system was just point shots. But to be honest, though, you their power play might improve with them off of it. Exactly, and not because his talent isn't the power play. It's that they'll just have to rely on actually getting proper shots on versus just Weber. Yeah, point it shot. was literally just Weber slap shotting it into people's yes. shin pads. Every time I saw Weber on the ice take a shot, it's just going. It's just either like I mean he shoots the puck hard, no doubt about it. He had one of the hardest shots in the league. I think and he has, has the one of the hardest shot in the league. Yeah. The hardest shot in the league. Him and Chara every single year at the All Star competition, you know. But then mm-hmm. you see guys like Nick Paul put up like a similar number to what Weber. Well, whatever. Put up. Okay, we're but not Weber talking about Weber. Kind of does Paul. it like in game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He and will. Nick Paul's like, never when, gonna when, rip Weber, that shot. In when game. Weber steps into a shot, like you can see the he broke Alex Kalorn's leg. He's broken right. Brendan Gallagher's hand like twice. Yeah. He's, <laughs> like, that's like, with Weber, do you remember right? that? It was like yeah, two yeah, or yeah. three years like, in a row where like he kept breaking Brendan Gallagher. And it was so like, I felt really bad for the guy, but it was just so funny. <laughs> like he broke his hand or like finger like twice. That's what Weber does yeah. though. Like he'll, he, he shoots it into people. people. Breaks yep. people because if yep. it touches them, it's going a hundred and something miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Even the goalie is going to get hurt from it, right? So, so, anyways, to get back to the point on Weber and what's happening. So, um, odds are Montreal's leaving him exposed in the expansion draft, which means they're probably protecting Petrie, Sherratt, and Edmondson. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, three I of the four prongers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. and all those guys have modified no trade or no mo- or modified no trades and no move clauses. So I think it's 100% those three. Weber doesn't have anything, so they can leave him exposed. He makes 7.8 million dollars. I don't think Seattle's taking that contract, though. It would be interesting no. to see if they did and then got him to retire or something like that. But if he retires, back to the point about the cap recapture. That absolutely fucks over Nashville. Yeah, it <laughs> puts like ten million dollars on their caps on their cap for the it would, next. Like, it would be eight really years, funny. It would be really funny because then you'd see Nashville absolutely having to scramble and trade everything, like <laughs> Johnson, Ryan Johnson, uh, Johansson, Johansson. Sorry, yeah. Johansson. Um, Matthew and literally get nothing. That's when the get, that's when the GMs. Yeah. Well, would they'd be probably ruthless. have to pay. They probably have to pay to get rid of them. Like I don't think any GMs right now are lining up to get Ryan Johansson at eight million dollars. Oh, for sure, right? But I think, pay that, I think of anything. Pay maybe Shea Weber seems like a good dude. He'll just go on LTIR for the yeah, rest of will. his career. But he probably um, will. I mean, That's he reality. he does have the way he plays. It's not surprising to me. He's what 35, 36 now. Someone uh, fact check it. He's thirty five. Yeah. Playing, you know, playing top line minutes basically since he entered the career with with his old buddy Ryan Suter, mm-hmm. right? On Nashville being, you know, one of the top shutdown defensemen and perennial all star, Canadian Olympian, and I hate to bring this topic yeah. back up, but if Weber goes on LTIR for the Canadians or even, you know, retires in Nashville takes a cap hit and Montreal's kind of fine. They take like a little bit of cap hit, I think. Like it's one like or only two like a million bucks. dollars, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not much. Um, but if he does do that, 
They have a lot of cap space. They'd have $20 million in cap space. And, you know, they'll have to resign. They're actually, it doesn't seem like they're resigning Tatar Dano. So they don't Maybe have a lot Deneau. of... Maybe they can opt their offer to Dano now if, they, yeah, if, they, if that they, happens. They probably can. Uh, Corey Perry, Armia, none of those guys are getting big money. Eric Stahl might get, you know, something close to like $2 million. Or you replace or him with like another that. guy who's a rookie or league minimum. Yeah. Yeah, so like all, yeah, all I'm saying is, still staying. yeah, I don't think so either. But all I'm saying is, Eichel, definitely a possibility. I still feel in Montreal because again, be a good call. they have the prospects. Like, imagine if they got Eichel for like Cockney or something stupid because Buffalo's like, oh, he went far in the playoffs. He's got playoff experience and he performed well and all that shit. You know insane, what I mean? Like, Buffalo, if someone's stupid enough to do it, I feel like it's Buffalo. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I think that I, idea I, out there. I think that we have. I, I've made the comment several GM, times. Definitely. I made the comment several times that like, I think that Eichel trade is more of a quantity over quality trade, and I think that Montreal sure. has a whole bunch of, you know, guys who aren't really quantity. high end, but yep, they have a lot of are going to be good depth guys for a team. Literally, just t- tossing like Mysick. Joel Teasdale. To get in rid of some of your quantity, would you put in Nick Suzuki in a trade? I don't think that they. I don't think that. I don't think they will, but they I will. Hundred percent. Like it's an easy trade. Like I I, you do that any day of the week, but I do it every day of yeah. the week. But I don't think Montreal does it every day of the week. I don't so. think that really? Buffalo even asks for it. If it, we're looking at the hypotheticals and based on the vibes that you get off of Buffalo. And how you think it's going to look. If they for Suzuki, like, if that wasn't their first ask, they're fucking, like, you fire yeah, that shit. Yeah, he's an idiot like, that if he doesn't be, ask That should Suzuki. be, like, the contention point if Montreal even gets involved. Because, like, yes, it would be great to load up with a bunch of prospects, but he, they kind of did that a little bit with uh, or the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Like, you need to get something for these. You're you, They've given up two number one centers in the last three years. And they're going to have nothing on their roster to show for it. Tate you know Thompson, I, mean? like, I guess, basically, yeah. yeah like, nothing, basically nothing on the roster. They're roster. not getting shit I know. for Eichel. I know. And, so it's like, and Elliot's like, the asking price is high, and then names off the players like he thinks it might be from each, like, the team's in on it. And it's like, yeah. that's not fucking anything, man. Which is why, like I'm saying, I think that Buffalo's going to want to get, like, a first and – Here's these middle prospects who might be, you know, bottom six guys or, you know, second pairing defensemen at their ceiling who aren't like legit NHL. The, the crazy thing is Jack Eichel's contract's fucking golden, man. It's just $10 million every single year. It isn't like but front loaded. There is, I, I want to say that people aren't talking about it enough, but his neck slash back injury that he has, yeah. I would be very very concerned I, okay and i've heard very do... good things about this surgery like multiple multiple different like it just hasn't been done very much in hockey but multiple different athletes in different sports have it's very like a, high reviews for it i'm not sure i'm not sure and what it is Buffalo's but it's either just being a... a little pussy bitch about it like eichel's full balls <laughs> like he this is what he wants to do and this is their their biggest like standoff right now because Eichel's like, well, I want to do it, and Buffalo's like, no, and it's getting worse and worse for Eichel because it's is a long. Was it a, is it a disc replacement or is it a spinal fusion surgery or something like that or disc fusion? It was it's one of those two. Yeah, it's one. But, of, I think it's the fusion thing, and it's yeah. like a disc that's not 
normal. Mm-hmm. Like it's very extreme. It's it. So but it's yeah, been that's done why very successfully. Any but any back surgery that you're looking oh, at. Oh yeah, neck it can surgery, go wrong. Yeah, it can go wrong. Hundred percent. You're yeah. making a franchise. I think, I think that's trade. the only thing holding up the trade, right? It's like pe- teams want to see what happens, kind of. And I think that's where's not Buffalo's let position. him do it. That's the thing. I don't think they're allowed to not let him do it, right? Yeah, they are. Well, the doctors, they, they, they Eichel wanted to do it. That's why this whole disagreement started. Eichel wanted to Eichel do it, but the Saber said no. Yeah. But is it like a no as in like you're not allowed to do it or is it a no as in like we don't approve of you doing it? It's a no as in the team won't allow him to get it. Yeah. Like I think the team has to sign off. Who I don't know about NHL contracts and injuries and Bro, when it, when it comes like to that. NFL but, contracts, like Pat Mahomes can't play like water sports, like can't, couldn't go yeah, same water thing in skiing, skiing, can't, you can't go, go downhill You can't skiing. go jet skiing and, and stuff I, like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same in hockey. Like they have yeah. rules. It probably is. They're probably kind of strict about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I remember like years ago in Barcelona, like PK went, PK went um, uh, like jet skiing or something and people thought he might like get his contract canceled or some shit because like it would just like raises all tons of red flags anyways um moving on from jack eichel and uh let's talk a little bit about some some of the expansion news and who's being protected who's being exposed and some tough calls for teams and then we'll call it a night because we're almost about at an hour Mm -hmm. okay so what do you what do you have the first half of uh, continue. Sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say there's been a whole bunch of guys who have agreed to waive their no move clause, which is really gonna help teams out, like Jeff Skinner, for example. I know that Buffalo doesn't really have guys, but yeah, I think they would rather keep <clears throat> guy. I, I think who they were rumored to have, potentially have have to expose was like uh, Asplund um, or Tage Thompson. I mean, say what you want about those guys, but I think that they'd rather get. Michael off the books rather than lose a guy who might be, you know, a good depth player for you. I think that's also the reason why Eichel might not have been moved yet too, right? It's like if they get a bunch of assets, they don't want to have to expose those in the expansion draft. So that might be a a part of it as well. It's easier to protect Eichel now, get more assets later on. Um, For sure. So that that might be part of it too, my thought. Um. I think what I wanted to talk a little bit about was the Leafs, and you said I could have some time for it, so I'll. I'll yeah. We're we're giving Ty permission to talk. Actually, about the another Leafs. another interesting one, who might be exposed on Penguins is uh, McCann, Jared McCann. Yeah, that that's that stupid could be. Like, if I they think do, that's a guy but... that uh, we know has been reported um, since the organization was created that this is going to be a really really analytics focused everything is going to have you know data behind it and i think that mm-hmm. the stats show that jared mccann's a really effective player mccann gets his... if they expose him 100 yeah. percent. i don't have any Without doubt a blink there. of an eye yeah jared McCann. Yeah, is... i don't and the thing is like he's not even that great he's probably just like there ends up being their third line center or a second line winger for them like that's what he is Right, and that's but, fine. That's a really good piece to pick up in the expansion yeah. draft. So, like, if you're a smart team, you try to who, get him. Who before. are they protecting instead of him? Teddy Bluger, it looks like. Yeah, because they just signed Teddy Bluger to a two-year, two two million dollar extension. Yeah. Isn't so right like now it looks like potato, potato. No, I think I, I think that. 
I think McCann's way better than Bluger. And I think he has a better offensive game. Not not as good defensively, but I think he definitely has so a better offensive game. I've been doing a bit of research. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring the Leafs into this. So a guy who I think the Leafs should trade is uh, Ilya Mikheyev. Because he's an effective you know, third-line winger. But he's expansion exempt. You don't have to protect him. So mm-hmm. I think that you can trade him for a guy who, like McCann, let's say, maybe you, you probably need a little bit more than just that. But you trade him for a McCann or someone who's a team is going to expose who's a good player. Mm-hmm. So then they get kind of a replacement for them, but they don't have to protect them. You know what I'm I saying? Does that yeah. make sense? So yeah, it's more value, essentially. Yeah. So that's that would be a smart move. Kyle Dubas, hit me up. I'll help you out. Well, isn't the reported <laughs> move right now... Uh, they're gonna trade. My, I think the reports have come out. It's Bertuzzi. Uh, they're gonna try to get Bertuzzi and uh, give up Dermot. That might happen after the draft. Yeah, that would. I mean, that's interesting. I don't know. They like Bertuzzi. They wanted to trade for him, but he was injured. Mm-hmm. They would have traded for him, but he was injured last year. Because um, Bertuzzi, he is. Wait, is Bertuzzi a free agent? I think he's an RFA. Oh, he's an RFA. So, I yeah, I think the I think the report was least will trade Dermot since they're going to expose him in the expansion draft, and then they'll bring in Tyler Bertuzzi, and then Detroit since they don't really have anyone on defense they need to protect really, like Koronik, Dermot, and like Troy Stetcher. Like I don't know, Dennis Chalowski maybe. I think he's exposable. Like they're. They don't have anyone important to protect on defense, really. So yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think That'd it happens after the the draft. I think that the Leafs call. would be smart to protect Dermot. I would much rather expose Hall. I agree. Because I, I think that Justin Hall's a guy who's really bumped up by Jake Muzzin, and every time he's not playing with Jake Muzzin, great great story, man. I watched Justin Hall come up since I think 2015 with the Marlies. Um, I watched, I was, I went to several Marley's games that year, believe it or not. And he was, you know, came out of nowhere, worked his way to the NHL, was healthy scratched for, by Babcock for 80 games of 80, 80 of the 82 games, basically. And when he got his chance, he was more than you could ever ask for really. Right. For a guy coming out of nowhere. Great story. Um, but he's 29. Solid guy. He's 29. 29. His best years are behind him. Easily replaceable, I think. Even though right-handed defensemen are coveted across the league, um, he is a guy. I think that that is really. I think you yeah, with I think Dermot replaces yeah. him, or Sandine replaces him very easily. Even Yilgren, like you know, say what or, you want about even, him. Even re-sign Bogosian and play him with Muzzin, right? Like that's. Probably just as an effective. I mean, you don't like Bogosian. Bogosian was great this year. I know. I think he was. I know. I'm a hundred percent on the resign Bogosian bandwagon. Why not? Playing him with Muzzin on the second pair, not quite there. I'm more give Dermot, give Sandine, give Yulegren, like give one of those guys a yeah but, a chance there. Whatever. But anyways. Yeah, you get rid of Hall. I think that frees up a spot for one of those defensemen, like you mentioned. Even if they trade Dermot, who cares? You have these guys coming in. I, I, after Dermot, with that 
you know, Spinorama turnover to Kotkaniemi in the playoffs, I'm fine with him. So you think they go four and four? I think that, okay, so the dumbest thing they could do is expose Kerfoot because they don't have a guy to replace Kerfoot in the lineup. The second dumbest thing they can do is expose Dermot. But they have to expose one of them, don't they? And I would, I okay, I, I think that there's a way that they can protect both Kerfoot and Dermot and expose Hall and like Engvall as their forwards. No, because it's either seven and three, or four and four. Let me let me pull up the cap friendly. So Muzzin, Riley, and Brody are going to get protected, right? If you do the four and four, wait, let me see cap friendly. You got to protect Marner, Tavares, Matthews, Nylander. Yep. You can't you can't keep Kerfoot and Dermot. Right, right, right. Okay, so in that case, then I protect. I do the 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 idea of protecting four and four. Kerfoot. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you're going seven three. Expose Dermot. Expose Dermot. Expose Hall. I don't care if one of them is gone. Yeah, uh, I think, I think they got to keep Kerfoot. I think he's too valuable, and I. And I know that people don't tough, like uh, people. They tie him in with Kadri all the time, but I mean, they don't have a guy who can play like Kerfoot can play literally anywhere in the lineup. Yeah. Need a second line winger? Play Kerfoot. I agree. Yeah. We have, we're going to have an expansion draft killer. episode, so yeah. we'll do all this. Like, oh, we're going to have to record that soon. We're going to have to do it. It's actually like Friday, isn't it? This Friday? I don't know. Someone, Martin, check it. When's the expansion draft? July 21st, which is next Wednesday. So we'll do an ep- we'll, we'll, we'll We can record like next monday or tuesday again and well it will be outdated by then wouldn't it yeah we'll have to release it monday we'll have to get yeah. luke on his ass again fucking so i mean maybe we'll have to do another recording out. tomorrow but or yeah or this weekend so so it doesn't matter i guess yeah whatever okay. anyway we'll figure that out yeah we, we'll Anyways. have it we'll have lots of content for you guys coming out La- last thing i wanted Let's to mention is okay. i'm down for friday night um last thing i wanted to mention is landis cog Reports are Colorado doesn't want to give him what he's asking for. Uh, He's he's been the captain since he was 19 years old, essentially, since he was a child. Um, He's a UFA. Colorado can pay him. The issue is in cap space. They have $25 million in cap space into next season. Only really need to sign Tyson Yost. That's it. Oh, and Cam He's not going to cost a lot. And Cam McCarr is the one, yeah. But... You know, Chemicar, eight, nine million bucks, probably, I'm assuming. And then him and Yost, $3 million. You know, that's only $13 million out of the 25 that they have. But I think that they're also looking to the future and they say, okay, we only have McKinnon making $6 million for another two years. Two years. Yeah. No, they are, it's 100% a future move. Burkowski only has a year left. Kadri only has a year left. They really only have like this core this elite group for another year like next season. And then they're going to lose some guys. If they lose Landis Cog, like the best line in the, one of the top lines in the league of McKinnon, Rantanen and Landis Cog is broken up. Right. Yeah. And they're losing their captain. We can't like just ignore that. Well, I mean, I think McKinnon is waiting. I think McKinnon's the captain at that point, obviously. McKinnon's waiting for his chance, but 
Yeah. That Landis Cog's a huge loss. Like that if if dude, Colorado's in a really tough place right now. They're gonna be cup contenders for a while, but Man, these last two losses in the first or second to, round or whatever to Vegas, it was. both times, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no, Dallas no, and no. then Vegas. Yeah. Dallas and then Vegas, yeah. Uh, that's rough because this was their three-year window where everything could have just went perfect for them and kind of screwed up. Uh, you only have McKinnon for his... When, when McKinnon's a UFA or when McKinnon's contract is up, he's getting close to Max contract. Right, I think and he said he's going to take a that. discount, so maybe he gets twelve million dollars, yeah. a la Connor a discount, Yeah, a discount yeah. as in not making fifteen million, making yeah, twelve. Million. Exactly, but like, man, like once Bur- they're losing, going to lose so much depth, right? Like Burkovsky, Kadri, Landis Cog, Brandon Saad, like the the that's massive contributions from all those guys, right? Like that's a second line that they're kind of kind of going to lose after next season. So, and then they lose the best, and then oh, I forgot they have uh they have their goalies are UFAs too. Sorry, I forgot about that. So yeah, they really, yeah, they really actually don't really have much money for uh, Landis Cog at all. They have to lose Eric Johnson if he comes back. Their cap space is kind of screwed. Um, uh, Colorado has a lot of good prospects coming up: Newhook, Foodie. Markout, like these are all good. Logan O'Connor's well, okay. Eh, actually, really I wanted to make anymore. a comment. I mean, say what you want about Colorado, but their drafting has not been good. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Well, it, it's yet. I think it's yet to be seen whether it's drafting or development. I think drafting has been good. I think development hasn't been great. Especially not outside minute. of the first round, though. Like, I mean, they're not developing. Yeah players so, since 2010 i don't they know fired their scout so maybe that will change they're, they're head mm-hmm. of amateur scouting the, i think this is really when sakic's job gets difficult because right, these are going to be insanely hard decisions to make again nishushkin burkovsky kadri all ufas after next season and Saad, landis cog tyson yost kale mccarr Philip Grubauer, all UFAs or RFAs right now. So lots of work to be done. Only $25 million in cap space to work with. Only. Yeah. Difficult. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to talk about. Anyway. Yeah, and the thing is, they won't, they won't go to just being ass. They'll just be like mediocre. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think they'll like be they'll... mediocre. I think they'll still be good because that defense, they're still going to keep that defense core together. Gerard, yeah. Devin Taves, but not Ryan like, Graves, but not like Owen deadly. Byram, Kale McCarr. That's like five right now they look deadly. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, right now they, they look can't. all the time. Yeah, but they they haven't the two years in a row they haven't been able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's kind of bizarre that they haven't been able to because you look at that team and man, like it's un it's insanely unlu- unlucky that they haven't they haven't gotten past that hump. Part of that's, you know, Kadri getting suspended. Part of that's a little bit of luck. Part of it's yada, yada, yada. But, man. Like, you can't ugh. keep wasting. Like, if you're looking at this team, you can't keep wasting your opportunities because they only come once a generation. Like, teams like this come once. They look like the some of the times when you saw them on the ice, they were like Harlem Globetrotters out there, even against Vegas yeah. in the playoffs this year. But yeah. they just still On paper, they're as good as t- Tampa. On paper. Yeah, if not yeah. even better. Like on paper, doesn't matter yeah. because Toronto's as good as Vegas on paper. But 
you know, can't win around. So on paper, it doesn't matter. But on paper, at the same time, it kind of does matter. So yeah, uh, it, it's, yeah, you know, it was Sakic. Now this is going to show before, because a lot of the deals he's made before, I think have been really great moves, but also kind of the obvious move. You know what I mean? Like De- getting Devin Taves for two second round picks, obvious move, right? Like Lou was squeezed. Same thing with like getting Kadri from Toronto. That's kind of an obvious tra- tra- okay. move. One of the biggest things that he did was trading Duchesne at the time yeah. that he did. Yeah. That was a very that was very impressive because he had it, patience. Yeah. He waited but it he, out. Got, he, he got against, Gerard. He, he went against a very easy target. Yeah, Dorian. But no, and, that three uh, day that three way trade though. Like yeah. he got Gerard from Nashville. 100%. He got the what what ended up to be the fourth overall pick from Ottawa because because mm-hmm. Ottawa sucked. Yeah, yeah. But Collapsed. he was smart enough to do that though. Like get yeah. a first round pick in the future, knowing that maybe Ottawa I, wasn't. I gonna... think that was his best move. But everything else has been rather, in my opinion, kind of like more obvious moves to make. Even like getting Burakovsky. Like we were all saying this at the time when Washington was cap squeezed. Like go and get Burakovsky, man. Like he's sick. And then what did he do? Two 30 goal years. Right or third goal pace years because it's shortened seasons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so now, but now this is when it's not about the Devin Taves getting thing, assets. Was it was it obvious? Two like, seconds, I, two yeah. seconds for Devin Taves. No, Probably no, but like he went out and looked for that. Like, I don't think he went out and looked for that because everyone was like, Lou has no cap space. Lou, Lou had no cap space at the time. Yeah, yeah. Last no year was the same as this year. And on top of that, every NHL team was probably discounting him because again, he's small. Even Islanders fans didn't really understand how good that kid was. I think. But like, I mean, it's one last comment. Is it's funny that they basically didn't even feel his loss because they still ran yeah. one of the best defenses in the league. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. So they, they looked lucked out on the end. Uh, not so much lucked out. They 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 had the replacements from inside, but you know, like. I think that I think a lot of his moves that said Duchenne trade were kind of you know good value signings, but I think they're also value signings that a lot of people that aren't as insightful and talented as Sakic could have kind of figured out. He just he just saw what more like more analytical minded people saw versus the old school GMs that are like Devin Taves is small and therefore he's not valuable like those types of guys. But now this is going to be like how do I manage this cap situation? How do I get these deals done? Like, do I re-sign Kadri? He's Probably 30 not. years old. He's 30 years old, right? But they don't have a second line center unless Newhook can step into that role. Do you sign Landeskog? He's your captain. He's a part of the best line in the NHL, right? Uh, do you re-sign uh Grubauer? He's 29 years old and he's gonna want and he just came third in Vesna voting. He's gonna want like six, seven million dollars. But he's also been deal. injured for yeah, sure. Exactly. Long stretches. That's the point. Like, yeah. do you want do you want an injury filled goalie who just came third in Vesna? He because Grubauer is going to want a lot of money, and, and he he's a good goalie when he can play. Exactly. A, yeah. So there's that. What about Eric Johnson? He's making six million dollars for two more years, and he really doesn't have a spot on that blue line anymore. That's really important, right? Gerard and Taves, Kale McCarr, Ryan Graves, or Kale McCarr and Devin Taves or you know however you want to get those combos like they don't need six million on the cap for Eric Johnson so he's got a lot of hard moves to make and a lot of non-obvious moves to make this time and he's gonna have to kind of you know 
envision where this team's going to go. So it's, he's he's got a hard job in front of him. His last two years have been pretty easy. He's, he built the super team. Now he has to try to keep them together. And, and win. Yeah. And I don't see an obvious way to do that, looking at what's going on right now, unless he wants to tie himself into a bunch of expensive long-term deals for UFAs like Landis Cog, Kadri, and uh, Burakovsky. Anyway, boys. Which is the classic yeah. hockey yeah, exactly. It's 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 a it's a dilemma to make, and he seems smart enough where he's not going to make too many of those. But man, is it hard to lose a guy like Landis Cog? You know what I mean? Like, even though he's twenty eight, he's a power forward. He's got a lot of physical miles on him, so he's not a guy you want on an eight year deal. But ugh, that's tough. tough calls. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. Thank you for Lots listening of content to the Talking Hockey Podcast. Le- Dude, it's so nice to have content. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so nice for like stuff to be going on. Like in the middle of the season in the playoffs, there's just like there's just the playoffs. Like what yeah. what do we talk about? You know, like the score was yeah. this and this. They played well. Move on. Like I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. Now we got the news. And we'll now have we some more. News. We'll have the expansion free agency. Yeah, we're gonna have draft. so much yeah. you know, so much content. And we're also gonna be making draft. Free agency, yeah. draft. We're going to be making those like top 50 lists and top yeah, we got lists. The, and, yeah. Top under 23 players list. We're going to have top prospects list. We're going to bring on Scouching again because I think his episode nice. did really well. Uh, so, you know, we, we got uh, we got a lot of good off-season content. Hashtag all, content. Even though Luke won't be here. Well, that's, pink colors that's, that's and the toast. plus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Alrighty. Well, until all next right. time, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K, and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.